talking, dating, and love. Seek treatment. If you're boring as fuck, seek treatment. If you're unlucky in love, seek treatment. If you just can't take a hint, we'll seek treatment. With Kat and Pat. When you were last on, you were like finally like. Sorry, yeah. Um, so I was finally love. single. I was I was trying to go out and be a giant whore, and then um, just my luck, I met the perfect guy. Yeah. And so um, and I'm trying to think. I mean, well, yeah. So what happened was, um, we we started dating in December, and I would say like immediate. I was really. I would say I was about to say like I was really into him, and I'm not sure if he was into me, but in fact, I do think he was. I think it was like. I think from the beginning we really connected and yeah. I felt really good about it. I also was like, I mean, anyone who knew me that like, I was so deeply impressed with him and intimidated by him in a way that I just hadn't been with, I, I guess I had never um, gone for someone I found to be that uh, impressive or something. Mm -hmm. Like I was always like, I was always dating people that were like sort that's of. Never, that's why you're never into me because I was too impressive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I was like, well, there was just all these things. Like he was a, you know, he was a he's a features writer at a magazine, and he like grew up in Manhattan, and he like no, you know, he was a fashion reporter for many years, so just like knows, you know, would like travel, go to all the fashion weeks, like every, like, you know, four times a year. And, you know, I was yeah. like, when I first met him, I was like scrolling through his Instagram and his Instagram is like all, you know, fashion shows and celebrities and whatever. He's else. someone, he's someone who could exist in the Sex and the City universe. Exactly. Oh, no, it's, it, it really, that is ultimately what it is, is like, he got the tail end, I would say, of like mm. the magical 90s. Like he sort of like st started his career just in time, mm. like right out of college when you could sort of like still work at a magazine you could still i think it also helped that he was like from new york and like knew how everything worked and like grew up with a lot of, you know whatever um but i was just like immensely impressed by that and and also just by the fact that like he was he seemed like such an adult and um you know wasn't like Pilates once a week yeah just like and I mean, also, like, there's something so infantilizing about being a comedian, shocking to say, <laughs> where it's like, you know, everyone is doing the type of thing that most people do only in their early 20s, like throughout yeah. their 30s. It's just like, yeah, you do it until you get a big opportunity that enables you to no longer live like with a bunch of roommates in mm. Bushwick or something. Like, yeah. And so then you sort of like when you surround yourself with comedians myself included, by the way, I mean, I was not living in luxury when I met Matthew, like when you surround yourself with comedians, then you sort of think that's how everyone in New York lives. And you forget the people just like have normal lives and like normal. Totally. Careers. God, it's so true. And I was like, and I also like, I have a few close friends from college, but over the years, I have lost touch with a lot of people that are like, the more mainstream, normal, like just mm -hmm. people who work in advertising. So I was just sort of like gobsmacked. I was like, wait, you're like a normal adult with like yeah. nice clothes and like a cool job, but oh, you're not like severely mentally like destabilized. Oh <laughs> yeah, my you, God, that you is have, so real. You have health insurance that doesn't come from a governing body that has a televised award show once a year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, um, I remember I used to like walk by Trader Joe's like around 6 p.m. and be like, what would it be like? 
if I just like went to the grocery store and made dinner in my apartment instead of like traipsing around to 17 bar shows and drinking 45 tecates and sucking yeah. some guy's dick. I know. I know it's when true. I, I remember like early on in our relationship, I had like, you know, I, I was doing a lot of, because this was pre-pandemic and I was doing shows like almost every night and like often <laughs> I would like not have time to have dinner. So then I would have like a bodega like ham sandwich at yeah. 10 for dinner. Yeah. And he would sort of like lovingly make fun of me for it. And I remember being like, <laughs> that's not weird. That's normal. <laughs> like, yeah. It like, had never occurred to me that that is like an out of the ordinary thing. Totally. When I get to LA, I'm making, I'm making dinner. That's that. And yeah. That's it, was, that. it was actually, it was nice. That was the only nice thing about being in LA for a few months was like having a car and just feeling like I had some control over my life. Whereas here, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, this is the last time I'll say this, but here I, I am 31. I'm in a basement in a hospital gown doing a podcast <laughs> on the floor. Um, I didn't think, I didn't know. This, people don't do this in LA in this way. No, it's I, true, um, it's true. I will say that. Wait, what's it going to say? Oh, this I really, Catherine, you really are serving rom-com. I just, I know. I've actually been feeling like really peaceful and like together and happy. And this is just like, Waking up this morning, I was like, no, it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what was he going to say? Do you feel like Do you feel like now, the version of you now is more in line with like Matthew's actual adult lifestyle? Like now you're part of it. You, could you I, exist in the Sex and the City universe now? I mean, to be honest, I'm sort of just, I think that I, I, I genuinely think, not to say that I have everything figured out because I absolutely don't, but I think the pandemic and taking a like lockdown and taking a break from the comedy lifestyle mm -hmm. really actually helped me recenter and reprioritize things and contextualize things in a better way. And like I used to really and this is a big part of this was the fact that I started doing comedy in Boston where everything is so like you got to pay your dues. You got to mm. go out and write jokes. You got to do like you got to do a joke at 50 open mics before doing it at a real show. Like you mm. got to have write a new hour every year. Blah, And it was so this thing where I was like, yeah, if you just zoom out a little bit, you realize like this is uh, th this is like you know, watching like a documentary about Mark Marin or something like this is not real life. Like, yeah. and it's actually a better use of your time to do other forms of writing and to prioritize having life experiences that could then inspire you to make totally. better work that you can't do if you are just like literally at open mics all the time. And so yeah. I, I think that, I mean, do I think that like being in a happy relationship and specifically with someone I respect, like probably like helped me maybe but i also or, i mean sir, sorry yes it did but, <laughs> also, but also um i think part of it was just sort of like growing up a little bit because i was totally. like totally i really yeah i really was still in this um i don't know unhealthy cycle of uh comedy brain if you will uh -huh. yeah um, i know but, i feel like yeah but i do think I, I don't know. I used to I just basically used to think and I I don't think I would ever put this in such blunt terms. But when I look back, I'm like, did I think anything that wasn't doing stand up comedy was a waste of time? Like, mm. sort of. And that's not. Yeah. Good. I know. I've had a similar realization over the past few years. Like, I finally feel now like, oh, I actually just care about like cooking a stew sometimes. Yeah. I think it's twofold. I think it's both like caring more about non-work things and being like, 
it's important to read books. It's important to yeah. <laughs> like spend quality time with people you care about that cannot advance your career, like blah, yes. blah, totally. I think that's important. But then also, even when you are focusing on work stuff, it's important to sort of like have a more holistic approach where you're like, maybe um, attending other forms of art will will inspire me to create mm -hmm. other kinds of work. Like maybe g going outside my comfort zone is good. Like going to theater is is like, way more beneficial than going to a, a show or something you know what going i mean to like philharmonic yeah. and praying to god you don't yeah i mean my next hour is all about classical music and yes. i could not have done that if i hadn't been in the philharmonic um how now so you so it's been four years how do you keep the Great. Well, you said 2019, didn't you oh, december so it's been like tricky three little thing years, in that. three years in a financial quarter how do you get the romance <laughs> and the sexual excitement alive? Um, that is a great question. Um, are you guys Ope? We are not Ope. This has been, I definitely should not be talking about this on a podcast, but. Um, we don't have to. This is, I mean, it's fine. This has been sort of like an ongoing conversation because we're sort of like, I have to say, I feel very satisfied if, if I may be so bold in our sex life yeah I, I think both of us feel very comfortable with the fact that like at some point soon we will be open and we are very like we feel very confident about like the fact that we'll be together you know hopefully forever and we're both Aww. sort of like well yes we're not going to be the last people each of us has sex with so like at some point we will be open yeah um, but i think it's a negotiation of like when that'll happen, how that'll happen, what the rules will be, it's sort of like also not wanting to rock the boat if we're like both generally speaking happy. Um, but I will say, you sort of like the specifics of my own relationship aside, when I, the fact that literally everyone I know is having sex like six times a day does like fuck with your... <laughs> Totally. Who's having like, sex I, six times a day? Every gay man. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like it's we're truly like. Oh, sorry, I just dropped something. It's truly now more than ever. It, I really don't. You feel Pat? Kind of sometimes. I mean, I will say my sexual appetite diminished in my last relationship, and it has left me feeling very insecure around the idea of like lasting romantic connection or something, mm -hmm. or like. It's left me with this firm belief of like the temporality of um, intimacy or something or like excitement at least. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is something I've been. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it was like. Uh, uh, I, I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of like. Basically, obviously, if you take like the most stereotypical form of like gay male relationship and then the most stereotypical form of like straight relationship, it's like you know, the sort of like party line is like gay men have figured it out because they are able to like have both intimacy and also be open and not have intimacy be tied to sex. Yeah. And that, gay like, men crack the code. Gay men, gay crack, men crack the, the code. code. I mean, you hear it all the time. You hear, you <laughs> hear from straight people all the time, quite frankly. Um, and it is interesting to see at this point, we're old enough that we know many gay men who have been in like really long term relationships, like 10, 15 years. And Sometimes I'm like, have they just rebranded the same problems that straight people have? It's sort mm -hmm. of like if if a straight couple, like a monogamous straight couple, the stereotype is like 
you get to a point where you no longer have sex and you resent each other. And like the guy is like watching porn all the time. And the and woman Deborah's, like <clears throat> and gives Deborah him a blowjob once a year on his birthday, half-heartedly, like through tears. <laughs> you know? And Deborah and Deborah, Deborah from Raymond is in her bed putting lotion on saying, totally. exactly. I'm not in the mood. Yeah, exactly. So then you're like, okay, so is the equivalent of that for gay men that because they're open, both members of the relationship are having a ton of sex outside the relationship, but then suddenly they look at each other and they're like, wait, have we not had sex in three years? I know. I know. And I'm like, that's, it's, it's sort worrisome. of its own thing. It's like, it I doesn't do have media feel... representation, but it's there. Well, when you said the thing about like gays having sex six times a day, I was thinking of like, we have a friend who like had a kind of fast and furious romance that like felt very sexually exciting. And then, mm. but then it like burned so quickly. You know what I mean? Like then it was over like as quickly as it started. Yes. And so it's like, I don't want either of those things. Do you know what I mean? I mean, of course, the dream is like just having like it's like Wallace Shawn and Deborah Eisenberg. It's like the dream mm. is just having like a long term, very productive, intimate partnership. And if you're sort of a sexual, uh, uh, you know, whore, then also <laughs> like being open and having like no strings, you know, just like being able to have sex without it being a big deal with anyone. Totally. Uh, anyone. Yeah, I will say, Pat, I think sometimes like in my relationship when we stopped having sex it was actually it wasn't really about it was about yeah. so, not to be it's such a it sounds so cliche but it was like about so much more it had nothing totally. to do with sex it was like our the way like the way you talk about how you admire matthew and stuff like i just wasn't feeling any of that and so then you don't want to fuck them obviously yeah that's interesting i that do is... think um yeah i i i would say actually something that i've learned in this relationship and in fact in many of my friendships like over the last few years is is just how important mutual respect is mm. which is it's like a weird thing to um sort of define or, or put a label on but like it simply is true that you will never have a successful or not successful but a productive like friendship or relationship or even family relationship if it's not based on just like a base level respect yeah a, like just respecting someone as a person yeah totally. that's really interesting um Wait, so we should almost like Oh yeah, so what's your edged. dream? I know I could talk for of. Um oh my god, are we like almost done? Well, kind of. I I feel I feel an anxiety about taking up too much of your time to be honest. Oh my god, please do not okay. worry. I feel an anxiety about Catherine being legitimately <laughs> ill and we're in the hospital gown. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, no, I could I could I could talk for hours, but okay. please well, tell let's me just when to stop. Let's get a snapshot of who you are now cuz okay, you okay, are okay. in this transitional phase. Yes. Um so, yeah, I mean, so in terms of like career stuff, well, this is really, uh, you can sort of tell that I haven't been in therapy for a while because I'm like, finally, listen. <laughs> I love it. It's, but it's also, happened, I also haven't seen you in too long. I'm like, oh, good. I'm really getting, I'm getting the updates. I know. I was thinking like, you know, when I first did this podcast, I feel like the three of us were friends, but we weren't like super, super close. And now it's like. I like Pat and I text like very often. And then Catherine, yeah. I feel like you're constantly filming in Iceland with Bjork. <laughs> um, but then like whenever you're here, it's like, I feel a sense of urgency to be like, all right, we're getting a drink and we're totally. like, no, I know. I really haven't been in New York like at all this whole year. So I just haven't seen anyone really, but, but yes, who am I? Okay. So, yeah. so, um, so in terms of career stuff, so I I've always sort of like, I mean, my, I've always had this like side, not but like double career where like 
because I used to have a job that was sort of like um, being like a researcher and editor uh, that I would do during the day when I would like do stand up at night. I then like be because I used to do that and because I have those skills, I ended up like getting this job at Gawker as an editor and like getting other things here and there that are like more related to that kind of writing and editing than comedy writing. Yeah. And I used to be sort of like, I guess insecure about um, feeling like I was half-assing two things rather than like committing to one thing. And I would always, and this is like a an irrational fear because no one is actually thinking about you as much as you're thinking of yourself. <laughs> but I would always be like, okay, so people in media don't take me seriously because I do comedy and people in comedy don't take me seriously because I like have a quote unquote day job that is like a real job. Yeah. And so they don't think of me when they are like, you know, whatever, but I, like but fulfilling a writer's room or casting or whatever. Yeah. When it, when in fact it's like all I, all I want is um, to do that. So, so like last time, basically very soon after the last time we talked, I left my old job and I was like, okay, I'm like fully committing to comedy. And then I had like a few, um, a few like TV writing things in a row. None of them were super long-term. It was like a, a mini room or like a, a four week thing or like a five week thing. And I just never felt like I cracked the code. I was, I, and, and honestly to this day, even though I have now dedicated like most of my adult life to it, I'm like, do I know how the industry works? No, no, I think the more I l learn, the less I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, it is yeah. actually so disheartening. It's so upsetting. It's like, yeah. that's why when you do have a good project, it's just like, so I feel so lucky and met and grateful because everything in between is just absolute chaos. It's how, and totally. I actually think as a form of self preservation, I legitimately like, I'm not curious, I'm not as curious as I should be about how it works. Like sometimes someone will start telling me something about like, <laughs> you know, the writer's strike or something I should know about. And I'm sort of like, all of this, when you add it up is so depressing. And so like, totally. if I actually yeah. know what I'm getting into, I will stop doing it and I will go, I will become a teacher. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't feel like I know how writer's room works despite being in one. I don't feel like I know what the writer's strike is about despite the fact that like it will have a huge impact on my life. And I don't feel like I know what anyone's job is, even when I'm working closely with them. Yes. And, no one tell and no one tells you. <laughs> and also don't get me started about how do people make money? Oh, well, you could oh. not could not even like when, so when someone is like, oh, yeah, like, you know, he wrote like one indie movie but now he mostly is just like a script doctor for hire and makes like five million dollars a year i'm like all right well can i do that yeah uh, totally. well it's also really hard like with how much you have to pay reps to make um it's like higher than a certain amount i found where it's like you hear all these numbers and you get excited and then like immediately you start to realize how inflated they are and it's really crazy I and i'm no, starting this thing whenever my reps like tell me how much money i made last year and now i'm like well where is that because i didn't I didn't see any of that. Like, I know. So, yeah. Yeah. I sometimes people that. will, sometimes people that are like, uh, that listen to my, my podcast, Trader Lab, will, will either <laughs> shout like, out, shout out, shout out, will either like comment or like mention in like a sort of Apple review or something. Like, they'll sort of imply that it's like, I think sometimes the way they talk about us, I'm like, oh, I can tell you think we're making like an insane amount of money. Like, if you knew, oh my God, if you I knew know. how little money we make 
a year, like you would literally be like, <laughs> not only am I not mad at you, I would like to donate to a GoFundMe. Totally. I no, would say a lot of the peers always... lately have been texting being like, wait, so can I ask a personal question? Like, how much do you guys make from the pod? And I'm like, oh, that's so easy. Like zero dollars. <laughs> yeah. um, Every like, I would say like once a year, I, I make the dark, dark decision to briefly look at our iTunes reviews. And it's just absolutely harrowing. The things um, people say, and they do, they do assume that we're like laughing all the way to the bank. I'm like, sweetie, <laughs> I don't know how many times I can tell you. No. <laughs> but um, um, I love doing the, my podcast with my friends, and I could talk to you both for a hundred hours, even with neurovirus coursing through my guts. <laughs> <laughs> guts um, wait, let me let me just finish my. Yes, uh, I feel please. like I keep. I'm, I've been very um, Girl, not to stigmatize, but I've been very ADD um, today. <laughs> And, um, okay. So I was like, so basically I left my old job. Then I was like, really, I was like, all right, I'm going to commit to comedy. I had a string of like short-term writing jobs and I really did feel like, oh, this is like what I've always wanted. Like I'm, I feel like I have a sort of momentum, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then sort of out of nowhere, I got this up. I got the opportunity to do Gawker and part of me was like, wait, I said, I wouldn't like my whole plan was to like commit to comedy and never go back to media. But then I was like, uh, yeah, but this is the one job, like, again, like, as an old Gawker reader, like, as like I, I feel like 23-year-old me would, like, hate me if I didn't take totally. this or whatever. Totally, yeah. So, um, so then I basically, like, did that for a year and a half and put a lot of stuff on pause. And so now where I am now, this is going, this is building up to who I am now, <laughs> where I am now is sort of like rebuilding, like being like, Bet you forgot what's that thing that's like Emma Roberts where she's like, Bet you thought you'd seen the last of me, <laughs> or oh. whatever. It's from Scream Queens. Anyway, my point is that I'm now like, I really feel a, a, a real sense of urgency to be taken seriously in like our world. I think you are. I think First you're of all, I think, think you're, I think your complex around the Gawker thing is like, I think comedians want like that's a job I would have wanted so badly. Do you know what I mean? And, like, and, and to be clear, I loved it. Like I loved it. I loved all my coworkers. It was like the most, it, it, like it was such a good experience and I wouldn't um, trade it for anything. I'm just very aware of the fact that like, there's only one timeline. And in this timeline, I chose this thing. Uh-huh. And in the meantime, I did, I lost other, or, or in my mind, at least, who knows, maybe there would have been I, no opportunities for, for that year and a half. And one of the reasons why I was like so happy to have it is because it was like during a pandemic when I wasn't getting that many opportunities, to be honest, anyway. And it's not like yeah, people were like lining up around the block to uh, give me a writing job for Ginny and Georgia. Right. I will also <laughs> say that I I believe <laughs> I felt like I in my years of doing stand up, trying to get a TV writing job, I always felt like this is the path to getting it. And like then when you get it, it's like everyone else's is stand ups that, you know, totally, and I, totally. I've, ne- I've there, uh, of all, any room I've been in. If you add up all the other stand ups that have been in them, the answer is one. It's, there's one other stand-up I've ever worked, and everyone else, like, I'm like, I don't understand how you got this, but it's from right. like other, yeah. like, writing for websites or, like, that kind of thing. So yeah. Well, the answer like... is that they went to NYU and their uncle is uh, David, <laughs> uh, David Koch. <laughs> yeah, David Koch. I love David Koch. Um, and, okay, yeah. so... So, yeah, so I'm just sort of, like, you know, I'm, like, working, like, oh, and in the meantime... Oh, and the other thing that happened during the pandemic was the podcast because Sam and I started releasing it like truly like April of 2020. And that was something that really kept me go- like kept both of us going 
when yeah. we weren't doing stand-up and stuff. And also, like, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but it is sort of empowering to be like, oh, we did that. We did something by ourselves that, like, from scratch and yeah. people, people that wouldn't know about <laughs> us otherwise. Why are you laughing? I'm just like, I don't know what we think. I don't know what we think. <laughs> I have no idea what we think. I feel like we're just, like, on this train and, and it's I know. Yeah. And no, I, I feel that way sometimes, it. too. It's sort of crazy that, like, it's just crazy that it is uh in many ways like the longest last like it is the most defining aspect of my life is like hell or high water like we need to release an episode every week yeah we did last week i also feel like (laughs) um it's funny because no matter what i do outside of the pod i feel like this is still the thing that most people are are excited is that true you think for you yeah like um yeah yeah or even or even people who come to live shows it's like because they're like i love the podcast so i'm like it's wow, been... I don't think you understand how like it's it's cool to see to think of how many people it can reach, even though we're just no. Th- I mean, I remember when Sam and I first met, we we were very sort of um business minded about it, which is funny because we both now joke that we are the worst business minds of our generation. Like when we look around <laughs> and see like what other true. like what other people are doing with their podcast, how much money they're making, how they're monetizing. <laughs> Sam and I are truly like we can't even we don't even know how to post an Instagram reel. Like it, it's humiliating. Anyway, so but when we first met, we were like. We were truly like, okay, we need to just start a podcast. It can be about anything because we want to like build an audience so we can do live stand-up comedy and yeah. have people know about us from the podcast and come see us. And now three years later, we're like, oh, we actually really like, we sort of fell into liking it. Like it was a means, to, like it was, mm. I would say it was like a means to an end, but then we like really, I mean, we also just got so much closer and now I'm like, I mean, Sam is like the, one of the most important people in my life which i whoa that's big that's big (laughs) i remember Um, when Catherine. i remember when Catherine got back from edinburgh the first time that out that like backyard like i'm back party you had and i remember you and sam myself a welcome home party oh i remember (laughs) that and i walked over to george and sam and i was like what are these girls doing standing next to each other and i was like hi and you you guys were like we're starting a podcast (laughs) we were like we were like can you please leave we're starting a podcast we don't want you to copy our idea <laughs> um yeah that's my memory of the um the infancy of Stradio Lab. Yeah. I actually so yeah, who... I I, lo- I will say I love doing I think when we started the po- when we did our first live show for the podcast, we were both like, what the fuck are we doing? And now I think the shows are like my favorite thing. We, oh, we need to do more live The live podcasts. shows that same. I mean, that is They're like so fun. I actually feel like we are all lucky and rare in our decision to be New York based, if you will. Totally. And that keeps us grounded. I know. Well, I've always sort of felt, Catherine and Pat, in fact, let me know if you agree, but I've always sort yeah. of felt like I would gladly move to LA in a heartbeat for a job. But me the too. one thing I cannot do 1, is be in Los Angeles and not have somewhere to be at 9 a.m. because I will totally become insane. <laughs> I will actually need to be institutionalized for hysteria. I, I am buying the blue cloud air one smoothie 40 times a day. I'm having it delivered to my porch. My oh, I got the Bieber. Oh, I got the I'm suddenly, I'm suddenly waking up from a blackout and getting fillers like in a random part of my neck. Like, it just... actually was crazy, like just being there, every single person. The main com- the main topic of conversation was like, when am I getting my boat? Where am I getting yeah. my boat? When am I doing my boat? When it'll, am I doing my two thousand dollar crystal cryo facial? It'll be interesting because I have like these ten weeks that I have to be there, where I'll have a job to go to, and then after that I have to come back right away for my brother's wedding, and I want to race the next week in Brooklyn, 
And so then it'll be like, do I want to go back? Do I have interest in going back? Are you subletting your apartment, Pat? No, who would ever want to live here? You know what I, mean? <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> so, I this, so that, this apartment is just like, it's making so, me so sad. So I will have to pay double rent, which is kind of annoying, but. You could at least try to find a subletter. I'll write it off. No, it's like, I'm still, it has, so it's not like set up. Do you know what I mean? Okay, like okay, this yeah, week you, I you need to really do been there. Sorts of, Yeah. Is it close enough to Columbia that like someone no. Columbia affiliated? <laughs> affiliated? No. Affiliated? He's like, okay. it couldn't be farther from everything actually. Yeah. I mean, I like it up here, but I don't know that like anyone would sublet. I'm also like theoretically quote unquote not allowed to sublet, which who knows. Oh, whatever. Or, whatever. But, um, but it's by the Columbia track. Um, so if you're a Columbia track athlete and you want to be close to the Columbia track, then give yeah. me a holler in my DM. Well, I will say last time I went to LA for a job, I sublet my studio and came back to it literally vandalized. So no. be careful out there. Wait, what happened? Um, this was like, what well, I need to do like a honey, this is material. I need to, I need to put this <laughs> on my stand up, but I haven't sorry, yet. Sorry. No, I, no, no, the, no, 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 um, I, through a friend of a friend, and in fact, like I think a family friend of a friend, I oh found God. someone to sublet my studio. I used to live in this tiny studio um, in Park Slope. I'm sorry, um, I have to be really bad. I'll be right back. I should have paid. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Right. But you keep um, going. I want to hear. And basically, from the beginning, there were early warning signs. Like we would like. We, we tried to schedule a meetup for her to see the apartment like three times and all three times she just didn't show up and then Ew, texted I me like that. two hours later being like sorry on my way and I was like well now I'm at dinner <laughs> two <psycho."> hours later <laughs> like and so that happened like three times to the point where then she finally quote-unquote saw the apartment when I was literally on my way to the airport and I was like you're in now like I'm you know you're moving in oh my god told me last minute that she had a dog no. And there were there were no pets allowed in the building. And so I just had to be like, well, I'll risk it. Like it's only oh, six shit. weeks. So like, stressful. and I'll just sort of like say that, you know, I'll say it's, you know, a a, a friend of mine who's house sitting or something. Right. And just like sort of hope that like in those six weeks, nothing too crazy will happen. Of course, the second I go to LA, my super calls me and is like, there's someone in your apartment. She has a dog and <gasps> she has been walking around with a cigarette in her mouth all day, like no. inside the apartment. How did you and I'm find like, this person? I'm telling you, like it was a friend of a, it was literally like I posted on Instagram, close friends. Someone Damn. responded and was like, hey, like my aunt's, you know, like my friend's aunt's like whatever is oh, looking God. like it seemed it seemed, you know, it wasn't like a Craigslist person. Right. right. And so then, right. you know, my super would be like, you know, she's walking around with a cigarette in her mouth. And I'd be like, and I'd be like, well, at least she's not smoking. Like, you know, it's like maybe you're being weird about this but then i told her i was like just like he was being weird about that so just like make sure to be like as respectful as possible in the common area she like kept walking around with a cigarette in her mouth kept like having the dog like blah blah it's crazy then then she wasn't paying me because i asked for i had like a set amount because it was six weeks and i was just like we agreed on the amount and then i wanted her to pay me up front she didn't pay then it was just like six weeks of being like can you do it on Venmo? She's like, oh, I'm banned from Venmo. Can you do it on, oh like, um, you this know, Zelle? Crazy. She's like, my, I'm, I'm at one of those weird banks that doesn't do Zelle. I'm like, right, it's, feminist. it's feminist. It's feminist. I'm feminist. at a feminist bank. Yeah. I'm at a feminist bank. Oh, my God, a feminist and, bank. And legitimately, she would, like, make up these stories that were, like, you know, I the thing that happened with Venmo was that, like, I tried to Venmo someone, but then I accidentally put in, like, the one character that made the app crash. And so now, since then, I've been, like, oh, the FBI has been, like, on the lookout for me. So it's, you know, it's just, like, <laughs> always, it was always, like, some big story, blah, blah. Finally, she has not paid me. I'm on my way back. 
I'm like, you need to be out of there by like, you know, 9 a.m. the day that I arrive. Oh my God. And then she kept being like, what time are you getting? I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing here. Like you're, yeah. you need to be out at 9 a.m. It does not concern you what time I arrive. She's like, yeah. what time, what time, what time? And finally I was like, I was arriving like very late, like midnight or something. And I lied and I was like, oh, I'm arriving at 3 p.m. Like, so just be out by 3 p.m. Um, I finally, my flight is delayed. I finally got there at like 2 a.m. I walk up, it's 2 a.m. I walk up to the floor of my building, walk towards my apartment and see just like a pile of her shit outside the apartment. Oh, like a legitimate, no. like giant pile of, of like random bags and garbage bags and whatever. And I'm like, oh, she's fucking still here. And it's 2 a.m. She's like still oh, moving out. I God. open the door and the first thing I see is her on the floor, on her hands and knees no. with my bath towel no that is completely stained like a oh like a God. light colored bath towel that she is using to clean the floor oh my, my God. own bath towel that i like left there sort of because i was like you know it's you're gonna bring your bath towel um and the bath towel is completely gray i look up the window is broken no like legitimately broken where i can like you know, reach the sky outside. And then I look to my left and the entire wall is as though someone like did ballet exercises on it or something. Like it's like as someone oh is, is like, is like walked on it. And I looked at her and I'm like, you need to go like, she's like, oh, sorry. I was like in the middle of, and then she had sent me all these texts that were like, oh, sorry, I need to go back because I forgot to do the dishes. Like all these clear lies. Like obviously it's yeah. not you need to go back. Your stuff is literally in my hallway. It's not like yeah. you moved out and are now going back. Oh, oh my Sorry, God. I know the story is taking forever. Did, but you, did you yell at her? I, I was just sort of like, you know, no, I didn't yell at her. Well, the other thing is she hadn't paid me yet. So I yeah. needed to maintain a, a good enough relationship that like I could then. Did she pay you? So here's the thing. She didn't pay me completely ghosted. <gasps> I, I kept emailing her, kept texting her. I went through my friend that introduced me to her. She got in touch with her aunt. The aunt was like, yeah, she's been going through a hard time, like blah, blah. Oh, God. And so I was like, you know what? Like, what am I going to do? Like, spend my whole life being angry right. about this? I'm fine. Damn. I swear to God, six months later, suddenly I get a payment. What? Crazy. With no warning, no follow-up email that was like, sorry, I was going through a hard time. But like, I, <laughs> you know, I know I owe you this money. Like, literally. Maybe she got, maybe she got sober and that was her amends. I mean... Okay, well that Damn. I guess I hadn't considered that. That makes me that makes me feel worse <laughs> about the way I've the way I've told this no, story. No, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, sort um, of one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me. Anyway, sorry really to monologue crazy. for fifteen million. No, hours. that's no. I think so it's a good crazy. lesson. It's be, be careful who you let into your home. It's a sacred I think, space. I think I can't believe Catherine tried to put me at risk of that by asking if I was subletting. <laughs> I can't believe I introduced you to that girl and. and <laughs> I can't yeah. believe that yeah. <laughs> Actually, Pat, I have relapse. a really good person for you. She's sober now. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, um I feel a little bit like I might um um, okay. um should we wrap up? Let's say Yeah, so who do you want to be now, George? <laughs> oh no, Catherine, are you leaving? No, <laughs> she good. says that I'm leaving. Oh no, no. Well, now I feel bad for keeping you guys. I we can do a no. very quick. We can do a no, very quick. No, don't leave. How about okay. I'm gonna go? To, I'm gonna go to the restroom and you, you okay. guys chat. Okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. Sorry, sorry. Um. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
<laughs> All babies adored. <laughs> um, Pat, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm like very much in a think. Thank God my job was supposed to start today. I was going to get home from LA late at night on Thursday and then go back on Sunday. That would have been so hell. And so now, um, now I um, have until Monday. Um, and, um, I know I'm leaving on Saturday, so I'm just like getting all my things, all my ducks in a row or whatever. And I stupidly like made plans to like see people and I'm like, it's not going to happen. I need to cancel every single one of them. But, um, but yeah, I feel good in general. I just like need to like, I need to get my life in order. I need to, I have like a lot of writing I have to do this week before my job starts. And it's like so hard to like feel like you're making any progress. And Is I it also script, to, like, script writing or prose writing? Both, which is okay. tricky because it's like just two, two separate things. And it's like, yeah. it's actually the three headed beast because there's actually three separate things. It's like one is script writing, one is prose writing, and one is like <sighs> development ideas. Yeah. Wait, I need to talk to you about how you structure your days. Oh, because this doesn't... is like this is my current thing is like as much as, um, you know, I could be like, wow, I didn't have time to do all these things while I was a gawker. Like I did also really enjoy just like the structure of knowing exactly what I had to do every day from nine to five. One thousand that be like both creative and fun and there was legitimately no way to like if I didn't do my job, like something wouldn't go up on the site. So there was just like yeah. no way to procrastinate on it. And I'm like, is there some sort of like BDSM dom that I can hire to like I know. make me think we... that there is a sense of urgency in anything I'm doing? I know. I um well I just got out of a, a job that started at 8 a.m. every morning. And like, you know, I three days a week usually I'll run twice a day. And um so for for those three days, at least one of them would have to be before 8 a.m. And so I was like, honestly, not sleeping enough, especially for the amount I was running. And um, I think I got in like a real deficit. And um, basically, since that job ended, well, then I went straight to L.A. and like truly didn't sleep for five more days. And then like, since I've gotten back, I've just like literally collapsed every second. And I just feel really collapsy. But um. Yeah, this is my and when you're in one of those jobs, you keep thinking about the next time you're gonna have off and like how much time you'll have, and then that time comes and it's not like how you thought it would be. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know. Well, here's the thing: nothing is literally ever what you think it's gonna be. <laughs> one thousand. Um, so that's yeah, the title of my book of humorous essays. Maybe let's wrap up. Um. Um. Catherine do- says, "Sorry, my comp frozen." Oh no. Well. I mean, do you want to wrap up songs, yeah. Catherine? Okay. Yeah, let's wrap up songs, Catherine. Okay. Um, do you feel hot? Oh, do you have a crush of the week? Oh. You know what? My crush of the week is Richard Perez. I just, Oh, yeah. I have been going up and down town raving about his show. I was, like, talking to a friend of mine who's, like, you know, especially now, like through Gawker and through Matthew, I know so, so many people who just like write who are culture writers. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, honey, with one phone call, I could change your life. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like yeah. calling yeah, up yeah. everyone I know. I'm like, cover Richard, put him on the cover. Yeah. Um, oh, you should tell them, you should feel comfortable telling them about me if you want. 
<laughs> no, I'm uh no, I really I think Richard is so funny. Yeah, he's and so good. I it's I don't know. I just there was one night where I went to Cape Berland show and then immediately after that went to Richard's show. And the two wow. of those together it just made me feel like it was such a, both of them were just such like breaths of fresh air in different ways. And I was like, live performance yeah. is back. Live performance is back. Totally. Um and yeah, do you have a crush of the week? Um my crush of the week, I think, will will just be, you know, I really enjoyed Erewhon while I was in Los Angeles. We went like twice a day and I loved everything I got there. And I, I got these cookies that were made of watermelon seeds and they were so good. And uh, I was like, I think I'm gonna like watermelon it seeds? You I if you had told me this a week ago, I would have said there's no way. But I really enjoyed them. Okay. All right. I mean, I am very susceptible to an Erewhon, uh, to, to, to Erewhon-esque stories. Say, yeah, so my question is Erewhon and specifically the cookies made of seeds. Okay, love that. Um, and um, last thing is, do you feel hot today? Um, you know, I will say looking at myself, I would say sort of chest up, I feel hot. But I yeah. think I need to do a little bit more moving today to feel uh, a sort of whole body high. <laughs> totally, but totally. I would say, so basically like neck up, how hot I feel depends on the length of my head hair and facial hair. And I think right now they're both at a good length. And I yeah, feel like I am it's working. editorial ready. I'm ready to be on the cover of even Allure magazine. You're ready to walk in a show. I'm ready to Well, that's the thing. I'm not ready <laughs> to walk ready in a show, show because that would be full body. <laughs> Um, I feel hot, I guess. I think that, like, I've been on such a hair journey lately, and, like, I felt like I cracked the code, and then, like, I went through a phase where I was like, wait, this isn't looking great, and now... I think your hair looks really good, actually. Today, I feel good about it, for sure, and, um, and I'm getting back into all my little routines that I, I had to step away from while I was in LA, so, like, that's helpful to me and like I think I need to feel a little more awake and I need to do like a little bit of like creative work to feel truly in my power but I do feel hot okay um and um can I ask you something yeah do you have in terms of like productivity time management etc do you have any north stars in terms of like books or methods or truly no the artist way is helpful to me once but that takes up so much time too and like yeah I just, I'm going to do, I just like signed on with my advisor in my recovery program to do a really intensive, um, like a really intensive bout of like work. And that will be like, that will take up a chunk of time that I would have maybe thought about giving to like an artist or something. But I did just get a book by, um, that Lisa Traeger recommended. It was actually, but I identify as um, a God moment because I was in Vancouver and uh, Lisa was there and she was like, I'm reading this book. It's so helpful with creativity. And I was like, oh, is it like the artist way? And then she said, the artist way is a workbook. And I was like, that's <laughs> so true. Oh, I hate it. She's like, and she's like, shut the fuck up. No. And so she had this other book that was written by a American record producer named Rick Rubin. Okay. I actually don't remember what it's called, but there's a circle on the cover and it was a really distinct cover. And then while I was in LA, was killing some time a bit and I was walking around the Grove, which I also love. And um, I went into Barnes and Noble at the Grove and like it was sitting out and I was what like, what is oh, it called? I don't remember what it's called. Okay. But it, has circle, it has a circle on the cover and it's by Rick Rubin. And it, the title has something to do with creativity. 
So I bought it and I'm going to read it when I'm, I just started to, I just started tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, which I know like everyone was reading. Oh yeah. Everyone is reading that. Okay. Also it's called the creative act, a way of being. Yeah. That's what it's called. It has a circle on the cover. Yes, it it does. Wait. Okay. So everyone is reading, what is it called again? Forever. Tomorrow and tomorrow tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And I feel like everyone's reading it. I think Catherine met a little bit ago. I just finished such a good memoir by a professional runner that like literally almost brought me to tears because it was about like, the journey that your passion can take you on and how it can keep ripping you away from yourself and you have to keep finding yourself through it again. And now I'm like, it's time for a novel. Yeah. So I'm, I'm starting it. Yeah. I'm reading the most depressing it. book. I just read the most depressing book. I hated Ugh. it. Which, 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 what's your depressing? I'm reading a book called um, Apartment in Athens. And it's about the, it's about like when Athens was under German occupation during the war. And it's like about a Greek family living in an apartment where like, they have to uh, give a room to a Nazi general because they like went and stayed with the families in the occupied territory. Oh my God. So it's literally like this like claustrophobic account of just like people feeling like they have less and less freedom and that they're sharing their home with this like monster. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I read Young Mungo, which is like supposed to be about queer love, but it's like so, it's about like boy in the woods being molested wait, nonstop. Um, but Matthew everyone's... reviewed that guy's first book. Everyone um, loved that guy's first book. Yeah. But yeah, and then you get the second book and all the pull quotes are like about his first book. And it's yeah. like, okay, no one likes this one, obviously. And that should have been my first clue. But yeah, I didn't like that one. Um, um, do you know what you should read, actually? What? Have you read Remains of the Day? No, is it good? It is so good. And it's, sort it of, it's just, yeah, it's a novel by Ishiguro who did like Never Let Me Go and uh-huh. Around the Sun. Um, it's like his most famous one. I think he won the... Um, oh my gosh! Can you see oh me? Yeah. Hi. Oh my god! Y'all, you're, that was insane. You're back and I'm you're so sorry. Crisper than ever. My computer just fully broke down and was making these hissing okay, sounds. Anyways, on. let me put my headphones on. What are we reading? What are we reading, boys? Well, I was saying <laughs> that I read a book that you recently read. Um, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. I'm just okay, so it. so it's crazy that that book. I mean, it really goes to show you, and it's almost sort of like an inspiring thing that like, even though we're all trying to follow these, like, we're like, what sells? What are people interested in? Blah, blah. Then a random book like that, that from what I understand is about video games and like has a title that like makes no sense. Like you wouldn't know what it's about. It's like from an author whose name I didn't recognize. And yet it became like the single best selling novel. It gives you hope if you want to write a book. Truly. Um. Because ultimately it's just about love and friendship. And you liked it, Catherine? I did like it. Okay. Did you read it? No, I haven't read it, but I was I met I was talking in fact to a book agent and she was mm-hmm. saying that it was like just like this huge success story. I don't I I knew it was big, but I didn't realize it was like the single book that really like people point to to be like that was the big book last year. Yeah. Yeah, it's shocking cuz I I posted like a picture of it on my Instagram story and everyone was responding like, "Oh my god, changed my life." And I was like, "Let's calm down. It's you know, it's, it's a novel. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's fun." Um um but yeah, wait, wait, Pat, what were you saying? I, I briefly, first of all, obviously apologies to everyone. Um, my computer was being empathetic and breaking down much like my physical form, but I'm back. Let me, I wanted to know, what was the book Lisa recommended? Um, I don't remember the name wait, of I it. Wait, I pulled it up. I'll it has you. a circle on the cover. I just it's that, yeah, yes. So it has been covered that it has a circle on the cover and it's called <laughs> The Creative Act, A Way of Being. I am a little worried that Catherine's frozen again. I know, we have to wrap up. Okay, we have to um, wrap up. Okay, okay, all right. Well, um, I truly love you both. Um, I love you too. Are you mad at 
I am not mad at either of you. I am honestly mad at Catherine's computer because I feel like she is sabotaging our really great recording. And I, I was know. looking forward. I was looking forward to hearing uh, who Catherine's crush of the week was and whether she feels hot today. And <laughs> I am mad at norovirus. Uh, yeah, that's real. I'm mad at. I mean, basically, it seems like all these people, things, and concepts are banding together to ruin Catherine's life. And 1,000%. I want to say in that sense, she is a flawed female antihero because she's <laughs> battling against all that. And I think that we are rooting for her. And it's ex- and it's, it must be exhausting. She's Ali McBeal. She's Hannah Horvath. Oh, she is... I, I want to watch. I've never watched all of Ali McBeal sequentially, and I need to. I watched the pilot um, recently and I was like, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Like, this is like Dada-esque weirdo. Like, I've never seen yeah. anything like it. <laughs> um, all right, well, George, thank you so right. much for coming on. It I'll was my t- pleasure. Season. Okay. Um, right. And I love you both. Goodbye. Love you. Bye. Seek treatment if you're boring as